Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack Release Show. My name is Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. And today we're going to talk about the fun topic of how much you should invest into your business and or career as a music person, engineer, producer, songwriter. And uh, yeah, we're going to explore and unpack, unpack, unpack how much money you should spend, how much time you should spend, how much energy, resources, all of those things uh, in order to grow your business in a healthy manner. So Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to probably be playing with this like air control and this focus right. So if I sound really close and nice and... Yeah, I'm trying. I, I just found out where the little focus right control is. I had to ditch my normal pre for those of you listening at home. So I'm switching between air and not air. I think I like air more. I don't know. We'll see. I'll so airy. Nice and open yeah. on that mono. <laughs> on that mono. <laughs> you can do like all the pop songs, dude. And you can just pan my vocal to both sides for, mm-hmm. you know, the chorus. Hard so, pan. That's it. Make it wide. Make it wide. <laughs> So this is uh, one of the last episodes of 2020. Mm-hmm. It's been a hell of a year. Heck of a year, man. But I think this is a good episode. With Sam and I, we're going to have another... Uh, we, we had another topic, and I kind of switched it up last moment to something that he brought up last week before we ended up pushing the episode, and then we had a new topic. And So I wanted to bring this one back up. I think it's really good. I think it'll kind of fit with what we're planning for the finale for this year. And uh, I really think it'll get people uh, positioned well to move forward into 2021. Or whatever year you're listening to this in. (laughs) But for this time, and for those of you who listen to it, like right here and now, I think this is good. So, Sam. Matt. Dialoguing. (laughs) How much should you invest in your career? You should go. And you and I have two very different approaches, at least for what I've seen so far. So I'm looking. <sighs> yeah, I'm I mean, looking to see what you got. I mean, the only experience I can speak from is my own experience, obviously, uh, with regards to my music business, and. As far as investment goes, I mean, I invested what I could over a long period of time in order to have somewhat of a normal life, but also because I didn't really make a ton of money when I started this. I mean, when I was in a band like 12 years ago, and before that Mm -hmm. I was making beats, like either at in my college dorm or in my parents' basement in high school. So to be completely honest, I don't even think I probably understood the term investment back then. Hmm. Like I was so financially illiterate. um, I probably had no idea on the concept of like a liability or an asset or investment uh, return on investment ROI. So I feel like when I was starting, you know, the investment to me was like, I need to buy a MacBook. Like I remember that being a really big deal because I thought (laughs) if I buy a MacBook, I can have GarageBand. If I have GarageBand, I can like make these cool beats because it has like uh, 
these jam packs and like 808 machines. And at the time, there really was nothing uh, comparable, in my opinion, like to that. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember buying that, saving up money for like a year and a half. Um, I used to work at a golf course and I was like a bag boy and I cleaned clubs and I got tips. And um, I remember just saving up all that money. I cleaned toilets, cleaned offices. Um, and I spent that on a MacBook. And then I bought a Samsung, 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 yeah. C, not Samsung, it's Samsung. <laughs> C-O-1-U, USB microphone from Best Buy. I think it was like 120 bucks. And then I made the pantyhose pop filter, the iconic pantyhose <laughs> pop filter. <laughs> For some reason, I didn't want to invest into a pop filter. <laughs> it's like of all things. I know, of to all go things. I was like, I'll just make my own out of pantyhose, <laughs> which hmm. was my mom's pantyhose, if I'm being honest, back in high school. <laughs> so weird. Real weird, right? Yep. Just asked Pretty for weird. some old pantyhose, put it on a hanger. Then I didn't I like use the hanger to as a wire to wrap around the mic stand. So anyway, I mean like investment for me when I started was a foreign concept. Like buying those things, I wasn't like, oh, this is a good investment and I can write this off as a business expense or something. Like <laughs> there was absolutely none of that in my brain uh, when I was starting music. And I don't think I really understood investments, honestly, pro pro until probably the last five years or so. Um, when I started to, I'll say, make enough money to where it was like, I need to figure out taxes. I need to, I'm getting some contracts. I need a lawyer. There are things I want to buy a house or do a studio or gear. I need a business loan. I need a lender. I'm sure that's something, Matt, you'd agree upon that everyone should find CPA accountant, lawyer, lender. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think when I think back, you know, I, I had no concept really of investment. How much I should invest was not on the radar. Um, looking back on it now, I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts since we're dialoguing. <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> um, I don't really think that I started speaking in these terms until I was running the cigar shop. I didn't really know what like gross profit and yeah. net and all that was. And somebody would say it and who it was like all these old retired business people who were regulars in my store. And then I would do a quick Google search and be like, oh, I should probably know this. And uh, it was kind of like five years of doing that. And I feel like all business degrees should just be running like a semi that would okay, be amazing. Cigar store. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you'll learn about like inventory and inventory management and you'll learn uh, when you have other people with other stores who have joint ownership in your store and how they don't want to send you inventory <laughs> and how you go about doing things and like all the bad things about uh, all the bad things about running a business but yet all the good things about running a business and uh like how to like kind of do like use like guerrilla tactics and stuff like that. But as far as like how much you should invest in your career, uh I really come out and I look at this from a very 
very linear perspective. And it's kind of like everything to me, at least in this mindset, is pretty business-centric. Mm-hmm. And it, it's actually kind of funny because I have to mentally partition business from when I go home. And my wife will be like, oh, what would you do at work today? And I'll be like, I don't really remember. It's like I physically <laughs> forget what I did. And then when I drive over the bridge to work, it's like I really don't think that much about what's going on at home. Maybe a few times a day I'll like text my wife, be like, hey, how's everything going? Um, but besides that, there's a pretty hard and solid uh, partition because I can get pretty businessy and sterile with my family, which your family's not a business, and they're not to be treated like that. <laughs> um, so it's like they need a dad. They don't need like, I don't know, someone who's running the operations or something. Or right. Whatever, whatever I am. So, um, but as far as like career and whatnot, uh, like I said, I take a pretty linear focus to all of this. And I'll actually ask you a question, Sam, because we're going to dialogue this. Yeah, come on. Have you ever made a business plan? Yes, I have. When is the last time you made a business plan? The last time I made one was like a year and a half ago when I was business planning for my commercial studio before the pandemic hit. What about the last time you did that for Moses Mastering? Uh, Most Mastering business plan is more of like a, it's a yearly goal setting, reviewing, Mm -hmm. reflecting like a whole week. It's usually like the first week of January. My wife and I do it and evaluate what we're doing this year, how this past year went, and then how that ties into. Uh, we kind of have like a a ten a ten year goal, but when we go to the next year, so we drop a year and pick up a year. So it's always ten years, but it's always changing because a lot of people just say like make a ten year goal, but then what happens after the ten years? You have to mm-hmm. keep planning. So, um, so we drop one year and pick up the new year and, and adjust based on our, um, wants, needs and desires, I'll say. So my business plan, I would say I haven't done like the full blown, um, you don't got to do like, yeah, what I would call like, like a five page template. Yeah, so like P and L one year, three or five year, you know, market research and like all that. I mean, no, I, you don't got to do any of that. No, I don't. I haven't done that in the sense of. Um, I mean, I did have to do some of like a lot of that for presenting the business to the bank to try and mm-hmm. uh, get lending for the amount of money I wanted at the time. So there was mm-hmm. quite a bit of. I mean, I have twenty-eight pages on market research of studios in Nashville and mastering, which is quite fun to to read. Um, I mean, I would say that there's like definitely an abundance. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't take too much just to Google mastering studio Nashville. Yeah, and you just have like everyone pop up. Right. Yeah. This is more of like a in-depth business plan of comparative of rates, services, target markets, strengths, weaknesses. Very cool. I had to present all that, or I felt like it was good to show what I did well and where the weaknesses were as well. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, I feel like I do it every year. I feel like I'm, you know, one of the, the joys of being, or maybe if you can view it as a joy, is 
you know, as a mastering engineer, we go through a lot of projects every day practically. So you get real-time feedback immediately on how you're doing on a skill level or or more so meeting your client's needs. And then, I mean, when you're self-employed, you're, for my wife and I, we, we do payouts like a salary at this stage because of the corporation or my business being an S-corp. But you get to see real-time, you know, what you're making and 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 all that so you kind of are constantly getting a um if you're i would say if you're managing your business well you're kind of always having a business plan (laughs) where you have to i don't know if that makes sense but yeah i would say the last time i did full blown was probably a year and a half but i would say every year i do it and then every month we have my wife and i do like a full-blown budget check-in and stuff to review everything so and my accountant my bookkeeper once a month we check in so Nice. But that's so, a new thing too. Sorry. No, you're all good. So where I was getting with with all of that and asking you that is <laughs> I will also do one uh once a year. It's typically typically around uh kind of like the middle of the fourth quarter, so call it um November, like mid November. Could be yeah, like er- early mid November is is typically when when I do it, normally it's like I'll go over to to China for the other business, and uh, there's normally like tea rooms or something like that where you can like rent out for like however long you want, like three hours or something. Or normally you can go to like a business center in a hotel, and you can have your own room and you can kind of have your own peace and quiet and just no phone or you can take a phone. I don't care, and you just kind of plan out whatever you're going to do and just having just like carving out that space with no distraction really just to say this is what I'm going to plan on doing for the next year. Um, This is kind of who my rough competition is. This is, and it's like, it's nothing, whenever you do this, like of of course like know who your competition is and know all of these um, pieces of information, but um, it, it can just kind of be off the top of your head. Just like as you label it, then I mean, as you look at this business plan, you go back and you're like, okay, well, I wonder how accurate this is because studios open and close all the time and whatnot. Um, and it's like people kind of assume different places in this <laughs> proverbial rat race, I, I, I would say. So you essentially put that down. You kind of put your business goals for this year, where you want to go, where you like currently see yourself as, what it would take to get to those places. And essentially you say, what do you want to do with the money that you make this year? Um, and I think that picture looks a lot different for everyone else. I know a yeah. few people uh, who listen to this show <clears throat> have uh, recently kind of done the, the whole, we're going to do the whole full-time audio thing. And it's like, if that's you, good for you. Um, so me personally, whenever I'm writing this business plan, it's like, I know that I have my other business that I'm running that I'm not planning on getting out of anytime soon. I really like it and I have a fun time doing it nine to five and then I do mastering and they really don't ever intersect. I don't ever really do one in place of the other. And, uh, at least I feel like it's a pretty solid balance. This week I've actually been pretty slow. And uh, I had two, uh, I had a few rather large records push. And uh, I kind of have a free week and I really didn't feel like booking the time out. 
And uh, I put out a little, I put out some feelers, and everyone's like, yeah, we got some stuff coming to you in a few weeks. It's like, all right, whatever. And so I've been sleeping in this week, and it's, in all honesty, <laughs> after doing 5.30 for a while and having a newborn kid, it's kind of been nice. So, yeah, I'm kind of taking the rest while I can. Typically, I find that if life gives you time to rest, you should probably listen to it and not fill that time up with more junk. So, um, yeah, I would... So, I, I, how much should you invest in your career? I would say start with a business plan. So, with mine, getting back to what I was saying about the other business, and I don't use the mastering business to support me or my family or anything else. So, I can say... For the first however long, I'm going to just invest heavily that return into my business. What does that do? And like everything has like very long drawn out repercussions. So it's like because I did that, um, I'm showing a like on my P&L or balance sheet, I'm showing like a zero profit or negative profit. But on my business plan, I'm planning on doing that. And so it's something that I'm doing as a strategy. And so I know I'm not going to have to pay taxes for the first few years. But I do know that down the line, if I ever wanted to do anything with this business, if I ever wanted to get a line of credit or do something, I'm going to need like three or four years of definite like financial, let's call it like financial maturity and actually paying taxes. Uh, as a small studio, I probably won't get in trouble from the IRS as far as an audit is concerned um, if I were to draw this out longer. But I typically uh, don't advise, and I have also been given advice just through other business encounters and whatnot, that you probably shouldn't show zero profit or a negative profit for longer than a four-year period. When you get over that, you can kind of get into like a weird audit territory. And from what I've gathered, there's two ways to really trigger something like that. Most of you won't have to worry about the first one, which is kind of fudging with payroll and editing what payroll information says. And number two is uh, fudging with the bottom line, i.e. fudging with how much money your business brought in. So if there's a barber who makes... $150,000 a year, but he's only claiming $40,000 to the government, that's something called fudging the line (laughs) and messing with the bottom line. And that can definitely warrant an audit if that goes on for long enough. So, um, yeah. So I I would just say about four years should be kind of your max before you want to show a profit for a little bit. And paying taxes and doing everything isn't uh it isn't too bad it isn't the end of the world and it's kind of like you know when you get down the road of this it's kind of like the more mm, mature thing to do and as you grow as a business as uh say if you have a home studio and you end up moving homes and you want to finance the build in the next home and you don't want to do that from essentially raising like the amount of money that you're borrowing from the bank for your mortgage, but you want to do it from a business sense, then you can have the business then take out a loan to go do that. Granted, if you also have a home studio, you can write off that part of your home right? Um, and mortgage. So, Sam, you probably know about that. So I do. It's uh, But yeah, this is, all, this is all stuff that you plan. 
So how much should you invest in your career? Uh, this is something that you should have written out annually, or you can even do quarterly, but it probably makes more sense on an annual basis. You know what always gets me on the business plan? I think I have to sneeze. <laughs> can I not? That would be great. <sighs> Holding it. Holding it. I think I'm good as I explode into this pop filter. So, um, so let's see. What else do I have here? Oh, do you have anything? I just see like a big waveform of me. <laughs> yeah, so much for you, dialogue. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, I, I suck at it too. Um, I mean, I mean, everything like you just said, I mean, I agree with. I think from an investment standpoint, for me, like looking at it now, my reflection is that if I was to hand any wisdom down, it would be that your your short and long term and I've said it online on my Instagram now, like we need to we need to also create uh midterm goals, short, mid and long, because between short and long there's so much that goes on and mm-hmm. there needs to be something in between that. But I think anything you want to do, a you know, what you should invest is heavily dependent on what your goals are. So for me, it's when I talk with clients or talk with someone who wants advice on, I just want to be a full-time songwriter. I just want to be a full-time mixer. I just want to blah, 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 um, which is all great. We need to get much more specific and figure out A, why, and B, what does that mean financially? Like for you to be full-time, do you need to make 30 grand a year, 40 grand, 50 grand? What are your debts? What are your liabilities? What are your assets? What... Where's your money going? Um, you know, you have to have a budget to be able to invest, in my opinion, to know if if the investment's going well. And I think, too, looking back is um, everybody wants to go from zero to 100. So they want to make a song. And sometimes people will go, I've got, I've got $2,500 to invest into one song. And this is going to be my one time that I just like, I do it right. Like I hire great players, I hire a great mm-hmm. mixer, and I'm going to put it out. And this is like my, uh, my giving it a go to the music industry. And I've watched people do that over and over again. And it's probably the biggest waste of money at stage one, in my opinion, if you're trying to do this as a career, because you're going to write hundreds of songs over your, your career as an artist, um, and the first thing you should probably do is write a bunch of demos and voice memos and and not even get them produced out. Just make a massive batch of songs and mm-hmm. figure out which ones you actually like. Pitch them to people who are also songwriters, people you trust that can give you feedback. If you have the joy of uh, playing live, but you could just go online and start playing your songs for people and getting feedback seen. You know, you can have a pretty good real-time response on a song you just wrote today. If you go online, and say, "Hey, I'm going to live stream this song and play it and see if people dig it or not." And if people dig it, then that might be a song that you add to your like maybe pile to then have it kind of produced out how you want it. But I I watch so many people kind of uh, it's like the lottery ticket thing almost. It's like they're just hoping 
if they make this one-time big investment, that it's got to work out. And if it doesn't work out, then they're going to quit. And that's kind of like a, I don't know, like playing a penny stock game online and like, or on the on the stocks and being like, all right, there's a penny stock and I'm just going to dump 2,000 bucks into it and hope that one time it actually triples up or something. And if it doesn't, then I'm done investing forever. Like that's that's the opposite of investment. <laughs> investment to me usually requires... Uh, time because an investment requires something to mature normally. Otherwise, it's probably not a, uh, I mean, there's obviously short-term, long-term investments, but um, in my experience thus far, an investment that usually pays off well or returns well is something that is held a bit longer than shorter. Um, So I feel like if I could start over again, I, I would look at myself and go, what are we trying to do this year? Like you were saying, make a business plan. Like what What do I want to do this year? Okay, I want to make $32,000. Okay, I need to do X amount of projects or I need to charge X amount of rate. Okay, how am I going to find those people? Why do I even want to make that money? I want to make that money so uh-huh. I can show profit. So then in, you know, in three years, I can go to a lender and say, here's, here's proof. I make money. You can trust me with a mortgage. Why do I want a mortgage and a house? Well, I want a house because a house in Nashville is probably the most appreciating asset you'll ever own in your life. And so if I can own that, then this house will triple in five years. And then after that, I can refire cash out, make an investment property, rinse, repeat, become a millionaire, be passive by 40. So that's my goal in a nutshell. But it's it's those types of conversation and thoughts that when I was starting, I didn't have. My goal of making like 32000 a year was just like, I just want to make that. And if I make that, then it looks on paper that I can pay for my rent, I can pay for my car, and then I can like save uh, $2,000 this year. But I didn't even know like why I was saving money. There was like no plan. And I think that, you know, when I look at that, it would, our money for my wife and I used to just like kind of go into a giant pot, but now we don't even have that. We have like 30 pots via uh, Capital Capital One 360, which is a free banking thing where you can split up basically into as many pots as you want um, to put money into, and it's pretty awesome. So now like every penny we have goes into a certain pot, and there's no real like just catch all savings. It it goes to a purpose. It has a purpose. And I think that's great investing has a purpose. Great investment has um, short-term, mid-term, long-term purpose. And it moves you towards where you want to go. If you don't know where you want to go, it's impossible to make a good investment, in my opinion. Looking back, you know, if I could tell my younger self starting in music, it would be, where do you want to go? Like right now, next week, next month, next year, two years, five years, 10 years. Why do you want those things? Do you want them to show off? Do you want them because it'll make you, you know, a better creator? Do you want them because you just want them? And that can be fine too. Like if you just want to be able to go get guacamole all the time, that's great. Like great goal. And I think that, you know, whenever I have conversations with people, it's it's not surprising because why would you know how to invest at 22 or 18 or 25? Or even if you've been in the corporate world, y- your job isn't really to invest. Like you show up and you get paid because someone else has invested and done that, that legwork, that mindset. So starting your own business is a whole other mindset of learning what investment is, learning what return on investment is, learning 
what types of different investments there are, and especially in the music industry too, you have to have a tangible measurement of return in order to understand if your investment was good. So if your goal is, I want to have 1 million Spotify streams when I release this song. Okay, great goal. But why? What's the purpose? Oh, I want exposure. I think I could have fans. Okay, great. Well, what will it cost you to get that? What type of marketing do you have to do? And then what's the return on 1 million Spotify fan or Spotify streams? Okay, it's like uh, $12 basically, <laughs> like $300. I was going to say $4. Yeah. It's, it's not very much. Okay, what did you spend on all these you know editorial playlist curators? Oh, you spent 500 bucks a month leading up, and then you had to spend $1,000 to pay someone to get it on a playlist. Okay, so you spent 2000 bucks to get a million streams. Well, the return is less than, than that so far. In the long term, okay, those were just like, your song got pumped. It got pumped for one month, and now next month, no one cares about you. So mm-hmm. the long-term return is basically nothing. The short-term was, oh, I've got a million streams. Cool, I made it some money, but didn't even make back the money. It's more or, the feels. Right, the feel or the show-off. And then the other thing could be, okay, well, instead of spending 2000 bucks on curation and marketing and PR, what if I spent 2000 bucks on uh, doing you know, something with my fans? If my fans are willing to repost my thing, I'll send them a $5 gift card or I give them a T-shirt or... There's different things you can do and you need to constantly be monitoring what is the return on your investment financially and return on investment with energy. So for me, like, good example, this podcast. This podcast essentially costs me hundreds of dollars every week because I'm not mastering currently and then I edit it. And I find the return on investment to be worth it because Matt and I don't make money on this podcast outside of we sometimes get clients, but... For the most part, I do this for my own mental, emotional return and forming community with Matt and with our audience out there. So that has value as well. So there's always to me, when I think about investments, how much should you invest, there's different types of return. There's financial return and then there's, I'll just call it like fulfillment return. So for me, this podcast is a fulfillment return, which is something money can't really buy outside of money at some level has allowed me to then take two to three hours off every week to do this. So there's that kind of (laughs) catch 23 of it. But uh, all in all, whenever I think about investments now and I help people understand it better, it's always what is your goal that should dictate the amount you invest and then what before you invest, don't spend any money yet or time, what are you going to use to tangibly measure the return And are you willing to then also go, hey, a million Spotify streams isn't as good as me spending 2,000 bucks on the 100 fans I have and getting them to, you know, interact with me or like post on Instagram, like micro-influencers. Which, by the way, is a very great way to build your following is micro-influencing, which I stole from Seth Godin two years ago, but it's he's 100% correct. Um, For those that are listening, micro-influencers that's that's the the future and is already happening um but anyway that's a different discussion so that is my monologue dialogue <laughs> on, on it um so I'll also say with that that it's like this is like a lot of money talk and it's like oh what does this like time actually mean to me and whatnot um I'll also say it's okay to 
just do things because you want to and it brings you joy. Yeah. Um, without having to put some type of like financial thing, like legalism to it. Um, and not saying anything against what you just said, Sam, but I have seen people take this like point too far and they put a lot of like financial constraints on this whole thing. It's like, oh, I can't hang out with you because hanging out with you is technically this much money to me of, that they could be working on their business or whatever it is. Um, so it's okay to not be a prick <laughs> and to just do things because like you want to and without having to worry about like the financial aspect of it. Um, yeah, not having to worry about any of that. Um, kind of back, like I really heavily harp on a business plan. Um, I pulled up mine from 2020 that I kind of wrote in that tea room in Dongguan, China. Um, and essentially line one is target market. Who will work with you? Line two, and there's like three bullet points under, just like really short one page type thing. Number two is projected slash targeted workload, like the money and the sources. Like who am I anticipating on like working with? What is the workload that I want? Um, And then I think it gets powerful with this next one. Um, And everyone is three bullet points. The next one is abbreviated marketing plan. How will you be found? Uh, the next one is competition, and it kind of <laughs> ended up evolving into an earlier podcast um, right after I wrote this. It was competition slash community. Who else is doing what you do? Uh, after that, it gets into one-year goals. Uh, where are you headed short-term? I need to go read what I wrote. This is just my <laughs> template I did because I want to I see what, like this is like the best part. So like you should almost start like the whole business plan thing of like reviewing last year's. My next one actually trickles down to two bullet points, three year goals. What are you working towards? And then one bullet point, what is your five year goal, your long term dream? So you you finish with uh where are you headed towards short short term? So where are you headed? Then what are you working towards? And then what is your long-term dream? Um, so, and you can you can you can put it out ten years if you want. In all honesty, three years is the hardest one for me. Three years is incredibly difficult because it's 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 long-term enough to be dreamy, but it's close enough to be non-committal. Yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna kind of write something there, and it's like, well, I'm gonna hold myself to this. But I, but is it really where I want to be? So it's kind of interesting. So I, like, I don't even do ten years just because. To me, it's, uh, do I want to? I don't know if I want to. I'll, I'll say this. So the reason why I didn't go really beyond five years, um, when at the time I was writing this, I had been doing this for, I think five or six. What am I? Oh, I'm going on to year seven. I'm on year six now, so that was year five. Um, there's a great point that Barney Stinson makes in How I Met Your Mother. And it is essentially a rule in regards to dating of not making plans with the person for longer than you've been together. So if you've been together for three months and the summer is 11 months away, don't go plan a vacation with them next summer when you've only been together for three months. (laughs) 
And it's like, I've kind of taken that advice in my own life. And I was like, it's kind of been pretty fruitful. So um, I don't want to plan for much longer than I've been around because so much changes that it's like, I just kind of want to focus on like, we'll call five years the short term. Five years was pretty difficult to fill out. Three years, I actually don't even think I could fill it out. Um, but one year, it'll be interesting to go back and say, see what I said for one year because I, I highly doubt I even did it <laughs> just because 2020 was like such an absolute shit show. So, I mean, it was great for business. I, I actually did. I only, only had a little bit of downtime and um, I met some fantastic new clients this year and it's been it's been pretty fruitful, and I think you said the exact same thing too, Sam. Yeah, it's been, you've had a relatively solid year. Yeah, it's been a great year of growth, and I had no idea. Um, it's not bragging at all. It just that's just how things shook out. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean I vocalized it a bit online. Is if I was just starting, I mean, it's hard to say what what would happen hindsight, but if I was in like year one through three, I think it'd be a pretty pretty difficult year because I would imagine I wouldn't have the type of clients um, that have the resources. And once again, it's like long-term investment ability to keep cranking out tunes. Whereas now the majority of my clients are established artists, producer, engineers who know that realistically COVID at its worst is a year or two like swing. So mm-hmm. everybody I'm working with is making more music um, in preparation. And now that the studios have opened back up, mm-hmm. people are playing catch up. So it's like double time. And I saw a boost even in, in the first shutdown was a lot of my indie artists were just at home. They got a stimulus check. They were getting unemployment and not having to work. So of course they were supposed to be finding a job, but no one's checking on that. So um, but I think there was a lot of people at the, the first half of this year that found themselves making as much or more money and also didn't have to go to a job. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had a ton of indie people just making song after song because they had 40 hours. I had a handful of people decide and figure out they could actually do this full time. Um, oh, wow. Mixers, a couple mixers who quit their job permanently, um, like salary job because... During this time, they were able to finally take the 40 extra hours a week, which is a lot of hours, mm-hmm. um, and kind of push themselves to that new that new spot and find you know two or three more clients to make it work. So, um, so yeah, this year's you know it's been good. I, I mean, I've had growth every year, you know, for the last 10 years. Honestly, I've never not had a growth year. Um, so I don't know. Not everybody's that way, but um, you know, I I I am blessed, I suppose. But I work my butt off. <laughs> like I think anybody who has a successful business um, works really hard, and that doesn't mean people that I don't want to say are not successful aren't also working really hard. But I don't know. There's different things you can do in investment. I mean, you could invest into moving to Nashville. That was a big choice. That's a that's a huge uh, game changer for me in my trajectory of leaving uh, where I was here or before here, Florida, um, where I was a big fish in a small pond in the 
small music scene and came to Nashville to be a minnow. And that was difficult, but it was an investment into the long-term return of, I'm in a music city that makes music every day, values that, appreciates that, the community supports it. So it's going to be easier, most likely, even with the amount of people that are here, you also have a immense amount of music being made that needs mix master produced. So mm-hmm. the saturation argument, until you live here and understand literally everyone's just about making music all the time, um, that's a wonderful thing. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> I want more songwriters. I want more producers here. I want more engineers. I want it to continue to boom because that's how we stimulate economy and make product. Especially if people are good at business and investing, um, as long as people don't, you know, race to the bottom as we've talked about with rates and stuff, uh, there's tons of potential to just make more and more money here. And um, that's a huge investment. Moving to a music city, you can have a much larger return than if you stay where you are. But I understand it's scary. Like, it's not for everybody. Um, but I know that's part of my growth. Like this year, Nashville to me showed up. Like we got hit with a tornado right at the top of the year. Oh yeah. Which destroyed like 30% of Nashville, um, destroyed multiple venues. Like (laughs) before COVID was even a thing or before we decided to take it seriously. Um, I think I came through like the week after that happened and my sister was driving me around. Yeah, it was crazy. in, In East Nashville. Yeah. And, and it was like a few blocks from her house. I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, it's just... It was insane. It's wild that like, that's how the year started. Like the year started really, yeah. really crappy for Nashville people. And in that alone, like if COVID never happened, just that tornado did so much destruction. And like people were without power for like two months and like studios were destroyed and like people's homes who run studios were destroyed. Um. And it was just a disaster. And then we had a follow-up storm like two weeks later, straight line winds, like part of our roof got ripped off during that. Trees, mm. you know, power it power out for a week just outside of that. And then COVID. So it's like I watched Nashville really come together this year, which was something I've never seen, especially for like a major city. Um, the community here, people saying just figuring it out, like. it's pretty impressive. I don't see, um, I can't see, no disrespect to LA, but I know LA pretty well and I don't see, I can't see LA doing what Nashville did. (laughs) Um, Also, it's a much different size city, but uh, logistically, but I don't know. Um, Yeah, this year has been great. Like, Also, if I have a a year where I don't have growth, um, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a loss you know, financial loss doesn't mean it was a loss. Sometimes financial loss is a pro-rate lesson over your life and it's a, you know, a cheap lesson. Like, I feel like I've, I had that this year launching commercial studio, um, ended up not doing the full-blown ginormous facility, but a facility nonetheless. And it was my first like experience of doing that, building out and, and understanding that. And then COVID kind of prevented that uh, from really taking off, uh, in my opinion. But, you know, I learned a ton of stuff. So it's, um, you know, the return on investment isn't always financial. It can be wisdom. It can be fulfillment. uh, It doesn't always have to be 
uh, seen as money. So I think that's that's all I have for my ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I have like my eye on the clock, and I'm like another like three minutes, and we're done here. <clears throat> um, I will say, I need a glass of water. I'm a little yeah. Little you can you can uh, take us home, but speak as long as you would like. We're good. <clears throat> you gotta. Well, like I said, I gotta get a thing of water. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a, I had a little frog in my throat. Anyway, um, I will say as like far as gear is concerned, it's like if you do take the literal uh, approach to this episode of like how much should you invest in your career. And if uh, you're a mastering guy or gal out there and you're kind of wondering, it's like, how much should I invest in this? And uh, I'll put it this way. Um, If you kind of listen to what Sam and I have said in previous episodes, you do your market research on gear, you buy gear correctly, um, you buy like the thing that you want, not the thing that's emulating the thing that you want. Um, and you don't buy cheap and you like actually buy quality. Quality does have a return. Um, I have yet, mm, with very little exception, I have yet to lose money on a piece of gear that I have bought. Um, bought and sold it can go it can go like a like a few different ways but as far as a gear purchase putting it into circulation the quality of essentially like what i do has just improved exponentially now i got burps and stuff and what's in that water <laughs> so anyway um i wouldn't hesitate uh, from a gear purchase. I understand COVID kind of has people holding their wallets and whatnot and uh, kind of wondering what's all coming up. And uh, hopefully, uh, I guess uh, this will be airing, I think, around the middle of December. Um, so a lot of crazy energy surrounding any election is hopefully dying down. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to predict the future in 2020 here. So... Um, Hopefully, any crazy energy with that is dying down, and uh, and stuff can kind of go normalize for a while, and people uh, will have no qualms about spending any cash anywhere. And um, but yeah, any any investment that I have made, um, I have not lost money on. So, and we've even talked about like the difference between like, oh, should I put this cash in the stock market or buy a massive passive? <laughs> Even to this day, I've made more money on the massive passive than I have if I would have put it in the stock market. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, every, everything's kind of kind of going haywire and gear's that one thing I can, I can kind of trust in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, highly recommend you make a business plan. Um, highly recommend, if nothing else, you invest in yourself and just take time for yourself. I think that's probably the most in, important investment as far as your career is concerned is taking care of yourself and uh yeah i pretty much agree with everything else that that sam said as well so uh, i imagine at this point sam has a sweet beat queued up from bezabeats.com oh yes if you like this beat or any of the other beats that do not repeat for the past like 80 some odd episodes of this podcast in the past three years (laughs) like sam has made music custom for this podcast for every single episode. No episode repeats. No repeats. 
If you like that, <laughs> go over to Beza Beats and give Sam some love. You can buy a beat. And uh, yeah, if you want to buy some merch, theattackandreleaseshow.com has some merch. And let's see, let's see, let's see. I think that's it. Uh, uh, if you like what you heard, yes, leave us some go. stars, some comments. Uh, please share what's going on. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's all I got. So morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Sam, Matt, cue the music. Cueing. See y'all. <laughs>